Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics and the law and a lot of things in between. I'm your host, Loyal Law School professor Jessica Levinson, and this time I'm going to go it solo and talk to you on my own about a topic that's been in the news a lot, which is who Joe Biden is going to pick as his vice presidential running mate. And this has obviously gotten a lot of chatter, a lot of attention, in part because it allows us to not think about things like curves and uh, death rates and bending curves. And it gives us a little bit of a relief, frankly, from uh, thinking about the pandemic. And one of the things we know about this vice presidential pick is that Joe Biden has pledged to pick a woman. I've been asked a lot about is that a good idea? And some people have said, why would he box himself in? We're in the fight of our lives. He should pick whoever he thinks is going to be the best running mate. Others have said, we're finally at the point in 2020 where it is a safe political calculation that picking a woman as a running mate won't hurt and actually will likely help. And for me, that's the major takeaway that the presumptive nominee for the Democratic nomination thinks that it will actually help him politically or that it's certainly the right decision to pick a woman as a running mate. Then I think the next question is, how much does the running mate really matter? This is something that political scientists talk about a lot, amateur armchair political scientists talk about a lot. And the question really is, does anybody vote for the bottom of the ticket, meaning what difference does it make who you pick as your vice presidential running mate? Now, on the one hand, it tells us a lot about the candidate. So there's a great way of knowing who the candidate values, what kind of person he thinks could take over from him, because it's typically him, by looking at who the presidential candidate picks to be the running mate. It also gives us information about maybe where the candidate thinks he's weak. So for instance, if you have a candidate that maybe isn't, let's say, particularly exciting to the base, maybe isn't appealing to younger voters, isn't appealing to more diverse voters, like hypothetically Joe Biden, you could see him picking somebody who he thinks will fill those gaps. Also, let's think back to President Obama when he picked Joe Biden, he was clearly picking somebody who had Washington insider experience and really focus on experience, just someone who had a lot more time in D.C., in the Senate, and who was a better known quantity. The other thing that vice presidential candidates can do is they can potentially help win their states. And that's what's interesting about Joe Biden's shortlist here is that for a lot of the contenders, their states aren't necessarily in play. And I'm thinking about California, for instance. And then again, of course, there's the thing that's really important for this particular race, which is I increasingly think that people are either voting for or against President Trump. And so it's really secondary, really, in a sense, who Joe Biden is. And then really far down maybe who his running mate is. I think obviously Joe Biden is hoping that he'll be able to get some energy, that he'll be able to get some enthusiasm out of his pick. 
And so who are we thinking about? Well, first, the front runner for a long time has been California Senator Kamala Harris. And she has always been at the top of these lists. And she, of course, is the senator from California, as we said. She was a uh, the California Attorney General. Before that, she was a prosecutor. She was a district attorney. And she really had a breakout moment in her race to be president in the debates where she went after Vice President Biden and his policies on uh, busing. And she told this very personal story about her schooling experience. And then she turned to Vice President Biden and she said, that little girl was me and your policies hurt me. And so one of the questions will be whether or not uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden can come back from that moment. I think there's a lot of indication that, in fact, they have mended fences, that Kamala Harris was friends with Joe Biden's late son, and that there may be some comfort between the two of them. She certainly has gained national exposure as a result of her run for president, also a result of her time on the Senate Judiciary Committee. She famously questioned uh, now Justice Kavanaugh pretty toughly. And so I certainly think you can't count her out. One of the things that's come up in the discussions of Kamala Harris is people say, well, is she too ambitious? And I think the response to that quite rightly is, show me a vice presidential contender who's not ambitious. And this does seem like an old kind of sexist trope that people trot out. So our next contender is Susan Rice. She was the national security advisor during the Obama administration. Before that, she was ambassador to the UN, the United Nations. So she kind of recalls that era that a lot of Democrats want to go back to, the Obama era. She's certainly known in Washington, D.C. Joe Biden knows her well. They work together. She has deep international experience, foreign policy experience. Um, she does not have experience running for office. And so that, I think, is a question mark for her and for other people who are wondering how much difference it makes that she's never run for elected office, obviously never won. And in a pandemic election, when campaigning has changed, how important is it that she's never campaigned before? So she is someone who I think you absolutely can't count out, that's Susan Rice. Next on our list, someone else from California, Representative Karen Bass. She was, she's known in California. She was a legislator. She was Speaker of the Assembly during the Great Recession, the first African-American to serve as Speaker. And she certainly, again, is a known quantity in California, not as known nationally. And so I think one thing we might look for is if Kamala Harris becomes a vice presidential nominee and wins, there will be an opening for a Senate position, a position uh, for U.S. Senate in California. And then you might see California Governor Gavin Newsom maybe appointing Karen Bass to that position. I still think she might be a long shot for VP, even though, you know, there's chatter that she um, she would be obviously a historic pick and that she's not quite as, let's say, potentially polarizing as Kamala Harris. Now, another name 
being floated. Senator Tammy Duckworth from Illinois. She is an Iraqi war veteran. She lost both legs based on her service. She's a Purple Heart recipient. She's worked a lot on veterans issues. She doesn't necessarily have that deep relationship with Joe Biden, but she is someone who has said, I can take on President Trump unlike anybody else. And that, of course, is very appealing to a lot of Democrats, which, again, I think is what Joe Biden is really looking for here, which is who can excite the base, because the name of the game is going to be who can get people out to vote. I don't think there are that many undecided voters. I think there are people who haven't decided about whether or not they're going to vote. Next up, we have Congresswoman Val Demings from Florida. She was the former police chief, uh, former chief of police in Orlando, first woman to lead that department. People generally at this point, I think, nationally know her name if they do, because she was involved in the impeachment of uh, President Trump. And she was one of the impeachment officers who tried the case in the Senate and did so and won a lot of praise. So again, she's another uh, African-American woman who has a prosecutorial background, or I should say, excuse me, a law enforcement background. And she comes from Florida. And if she can help Joe Biden win Florida, that will be huge. I'm still old enough to, I'm old enough to remember when um, it was 20 years ago, the late Tim Russert held up a sign on election night, the 2000 election night, when it was very close between uh, George W. Bush and Al Gore. And the sign just said, Florida, Florida, Florida. And if Joe Biden can capture Florida, then he is really on his way to the Oval Office. And then, of course, there's the one woman who has kind of, I think, fallen out of favor a little bit, whose star has fallen a little bit when it comes to these uh, discussions. And that's Senator Elizabeth Warren, who, of course, herself, again, ran for president. She would help unite what people have been talking about as the kind of progressive wing of the Democratic Party and the more moderate wing of the Democratic Party. I think that narrative is a little too general, but she certainly would excite a lot of the progressives in the base. She talks a lot about income inequality. She has a background in law and bankruptcy and consumer protection. Of course, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau was her brainchild. That's what she did before she became a senator from Massachusetts. And so it's interesting that she's at the end of the list now. Uh, but the other contenders are all uh, women. They're all people of color. And we don't know, and I don't even know if Joe Biden knows at this point who he's going to pick, but we know that it will be a turning point potentially in his election where, again, what do I think he's really hoping to get out of it? Excitement. What he's really hoping is that this person will, I think, make up for what he knows is an enthusiasm gap where a lot of people are looking at him as just not Trump. And I think he is really hoping that the bottom of the ticket will make him a little jazzier, for lack of a better term. So with that quick rundown, thank you so much for joining us, for helping me solo pass judgment. And I hope that you'll join us next time. You can find me on Twitter at Levinson Jessica, the podcast on Twitter at Pass Judgment Pod and the podcast on Instagram at Passing Judgment Pod. 
We'll see you next time.